0: Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So today I'm going to ask you guys a question that I think is going to change how you live. So this week on one of my daily devotional videos on YouTube, I asked this question. And I encouraged the viewers to think about it and let me know what they thought. And many of them reached out to me to say that this was a very intriguing question and this really affected um, their life and how they were thinking. And to be honest, it's been affecting me as well. I've been thinking about it ever since. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to ask you guys a question that I think is going to change how you live your life. Um, But before we do that, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, as always, Apologia, Apologia, Apologia is a Christ-centered, award-winning homeschool curriculum provider. They provide curriculum for ages K all the way up to 12. They are known for their stellar science curriculum, which we have used over the years and love it, especially the elementary years. Those were our favorites. They also have a new Bible curriculum. They have math curriculum. Uh, They have language arts, something for everybody. Also, there's a lot of free resources on their website, so while you're over there, browsing all their awesome curriculum, download some of their homeschool helps. They have a free immune system activity ebook right now that you can download. And that would be really great, right, to do with your kids right now, since there's a lot of talk about immune systems these days. So go ahead and check out all that Apologia offers at Apologia.com. I also wanted to remind you that our Simply Living for Him online women's community is a thriving uh, group of women that are gathering online every single day day. You know, you just log into the community like you would on your Facebook or something like that, except there's no drama. (laughs) It's like Facebook without all the stuff, without all the drama. So you can interact with the other women. And then we have Bible studies monthly. We do scripture writing and memorization challenges monthly. We also have a prayer group and we just have amazing fellowship. And there's going to be more exciting things to come in the community. But what's really exciting is, is i'm hoping now that um life is getting a little bit more back to normal these days we are going to get offline and get in person now the community is not going anywhere the online community but we are going to now be able to extend our community to um in person events, and so I'm super excited. In the next few weeks, I will be announcing more information about those. So if you want to stay up to date, come over to the community at slash community or follow me on my social media. I will be shouting it from the rooftops when we have events to announce. Okay, so I also have the YouTube channel. I would love for you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're interested in just like little five to seven, eight minute um, morning devotionals, I post those every day, Monday through Friday. They're just little snippets of encouragement. And I actually have videos that go all the way back till last year, I think March of 2020 is when I started, when the whole lockdown is what started them. Um, so you can find little snippets of encouragement over there. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Simply Living For him. And just a reminder, I have my books on Amazon. The Simply Living for Him Women's Devotional is for all women. It's a great one for the summer. If you just want to spend a little more focused time in the Word, that's what this devotional is all about. If you are a homeschooler, I have my uh, Simple Homeschool Journey book, which is a bestseller, as well as Called Home Finding Joy and Letting God Lead Your Homeschool. So many women write me and tell me they read that every single summer to prepare them for the school year just to recharge and refocus. Um, So those are also available on Amazon. I do have a Simplify Your Homeschool e-course. It's a four-part video series. You can find that on my website as well or go to simplylivingforhim.thinkific.com. I will link that in the show notes, but those um, are great ways to kind of just refocus before you start your homeschool year. All right, so the question that I'm asking you, today is how would your life look or what would your life look like if nobody told you how it should look like? You know, I've often thought about this when in our homeschooling journey because in my homeschooling journey early on, nobody told me what my homeschool should look like because I didn't really know anything about homeschooling and I didn't have the internet that first year. So there was no Facebook or Pinterest or anything like that. It was just me, my Bible, the Lord telling me to do it, and my kids. And it was amazing. And over the years, you know, life in this world changed with the explosion of social media. And all of a sudden, I had all these internet sites telling me what my homeschool should look like and how it should be. And and I realized over the I mean, that's really how Simply Living for Him was born, was because early on in my homeschool journey, I was like, wow, things are complicated. I just want to keep it simple. And so that's partly how it was born. Um, But, you know, I realized very quickly that when I took my eyes off of the Lord and onto what the world was telling me, I wasn't really um, fulfilling my purpose in my homeschool that I originally was called too. I was starting to chase after all the things of the world and copying how everybody else's homeschool looked. But let's not talk about homeschool today because I really want to talk about this in relation to all of us and our lives. But I, I will say, like I said, that really did affect my homeschool. Like early on, I thought to myself, hey, I want to go back to what it looked like before the internet was telling me what it should look like. So let's look at that in terms of just everyday lives not homeschooling but think about our homes <sighs> big deep breath because this one really this one really gets to me and you know what I'm not here to say I'm perfect because I've been so convicted and I'm going to tell you about that in a minute why um, on so much of this lately the Lord is teaching me so much okay so let's look at our homes years ago I mean I'm talking about like my grandmother. I've told this story before, but for anybody new, my grandmother, she lived in a three-family home. Actually, it's the home I grew up in. We lived downstairs, and she lived upstairs. But when she was young and married and a newlywed, she lived in the upstairs apartment, and downstairs was her parents. And the apartment had two bedrooms. And she got married, and she got pregnant with my father and my aunt, and they were twins. And there were two bedrooms in the apartment. So when they hit about five years old, and they were getting a little bit too old to share a room, because they were sharing a room in the beginning, she split them up and put one twin in one room, and my dad, and my aunt in the other room. And do you know what she did? From the time those babies were five years old until they were married and moved out of the house in their early 20s. She slept in the living room or in the screened-in porch in the summertime. Not really a screened-in, um, like a three-season porch, not just screened-in. It had windows, but it wasn't um, heated. So nowadays, if that were to happen, people would think it was crazy. What do you mean you don't have a master bedroom you don't have an ensuite you don't have your own wing (laughs) right like sometimes i think back and she never ever talked about it like oh we were in poverty or we were poor it was like that's what you do you give up your room for your kids and you make do with what you have you pull out a couch into a bed every single night for 20 years or you sleep on the porch fancy master bedroom. No bedroom at all. And so our society these days makes it feel like that that's like not okay. My grandmother was fine with it. She was so simple. She lived really simply. And I often think about her. We were very close. Our culture has gone bananas sometimes when I think about it. We went from just trying to survive and put a roof over our family's heads to now, you know, spending hours of our time and thousands and thousands of dollars of our money remodeling our homes to keep up with HGTV or whatever it is. At the end of your life, you are not going to look back and be thrilled that you kept up with the Joneses. Right? We are so focused as a society on the outward appearance. But yet, if there wasn't Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and HGTV and Pottery Barn catalogs or whatever it is, you know, magazines telling us that our homes were supposed to look a certain way, we wouldn't even probably think twice about it. So, really, what would your home look like if there was no? Standard out there. Like for us, our entire upstairs of our home is so undecorated. Because I don't care. (laughs) Nobody comes up here except me. And I don't want to spend time and money on stuff. I mean, I have my books on my desk and my cute little pictures around that are like of my kids. And my little signs that some people have given to me um, over the years and things like that. But... I, I, I'm not going to like stress out about decor. And I'm not trying to say, because I know you guys are listening and some of you out there and you love decorating and, and all that. I'm not trying to say that it's not okay to make your home a haven. I love that. You know, I want you want your home to be filled with, you know, <clears throat> a, a beautiful feeling. You want people to have a, a feeling in your home. But personally, I don't want somebody to leave my house and be like, wow, Karen's a great decorator. I want them to leave my house and be like, wow, Karen loves Jesus. I felt the love of God in her house. I don't even want them to know what, like, remember what the decor looked like because they were so busy feeling the love of Jesus. And so, what really would your life look like? Not just your home, but what would your life look like? How would you dress? Would you dress differently? Would you have a A closet piled with clothes because you know the influences out there are great and we may think we're not influenced but we really are you know I'm guilty as anyone of scrolling Instagram at night when I want to veg out and going through you know reels those were my new thing recently I I caught on to reels and you know just scrolling through stories and things like that the amount of aesthetically pleasing accounts is mind-boggling and the amount of emphasis that we put on that. And I am so positive that there are things that I have seen on Instagram where I didn't even realize it consciously, but subconsciously I was like, I need that. Or I need to look like that. Or I want to be like that. Or I want my home to look like that. I mean... Everything right now is because of influencers, right? We are so influenced. And you know what? I will say we need to listen to the Lord and let him influence us more than any influencer. He should be the influencer in our life what would your life look like? And I'm really contemplating doing this and I'm not one of those like, I'm taking a social media break and I'm announcing it to everybody and I'm doing it for two weeks. I'm just really like in my own spirit and with my own self, just really thinking of like scaling down or just not going on at all because I really want to see the difference. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that I have like this addiction where I'm on all the time and I'm, you know, it's just, but it, it is what I do a lot in my veg out time or of course I work online. I reach my audience that way. So I am on, you know, online. So I You know, how do you balance that? I love the connections I make online because I've met so many people. I can do the YouTube devotionals. I can connect with people in stories. I get messages from people. Like, I don't want to give that up. So I'm not over here saying, like, we need to give it up. But we need to remember that what we see out there is not to make us copy this world, right? Romans 12, 2 says we are not to copy the customs of this world. That's what it says in the New Living Translation. I think it's a, um, In most translations know it as um, do not be conformed to this world, right? But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I don't want to look like this world. I have to constantly remind myself that. So conviction lately, like I'm so convicted on this that I almost can't talk about it yet because it's really, really affecting me the past few days, So, I know a woman in Africa, and she has been writing me, and she's shown me pictures of her house, which is basically a shack, and she says, there's no work in Kenya right now. There's no money. There's no food. She keeps telling me she can't feed her children. She said, this is my house, and she showed me pictures. She sent me a note recently and she said, "Do you know anyone who will take my children?" Because I can't I can't stand not being able to feed them. And I'll do anything for them. I I don't even know what to say or do with this right now. I can't imagine getting to to the point where I'm asking somebody on another continent if they know anyone who will take my children because I can't feed them and I only want them to be okay. How do I read that message and then walk out the door and go to Home Goods or go to Target or scroll Instagram and watch a makeup tutorial? or a home decorating challenge, or a Pinterest perfect recipe being made. What would your life look like if no one told you how it should look like? I am far from rich in American terms. In fact, we struggle at times. But when I read a message like that, I am far beyond rich. And what on earth am I doing with my resources and with my time, with my treasures? So this isn't to make anyone out there feel guilty. I wasn't even, in fact, going to bring up that story, but I felt like I needed to. Because I'm trying to find ways to maybe raise money for this, this woman. Um, and if I go ahead and do anything with that, I will let you know. But this is one person and you know, there's millions like this in the world. And you know, this isn't to shame us and say, you know, we need to just, you know, give everything to these people and, you know, to shame us that, you know, if you work hard and you have things, it's just, it's just a hard, it's a hard thing to wrap your brain around, right? Like, how do you reconcile that? I don't have the answer. If you do, let me know. How do we reconcile living the way we do? I mean, years ago, I got a letter from a woman in Kenya, actually, and she was a missionary, a homeschool missionary, and she was living out there. And she wrote to me something along the lines. She said, you know, I'm so thankful I found your Facebook page because you always focus on, you know, the things that matter most. She said, do you know what it's like to be a missionary mom, homeschool mom over here in Kenya? And seeing the way these people live. And then I look at people back in the States and see how they live. And they're chasing after the things of this world. And that convicted me then as well. So I bring that up just to say, you know, back to my original question that I posed. What would our lives look like if no one told us how they should look like except God? What would they look like? Are we so influenced by how we should look and how our home should look and how our food should look and how our kids should look that we are forgetting? We are not citizens of this earth. We are citizens of heaven. We are on this earth right now, but we are not to get so comfortable here that we aren't looking to the eternal things that truly matter most. And so I want you to really think about this question today. I'm really thinking about it myself. Like I said, you know, I'm thinking like, how, you know, I really want to just not I want to see what happens if for like two weeks I literally just don't, you know, scroll and do all that. I've certainly we'll still be on social media for my businesses and things like that. But you know, what would my life look like if I, every time I felt the need to go, you know, veg out and scroll, I turned to my Bible. I memorized a scripture. I talked to the Lord. I got outside, just sat in the sunshine. You know, I didn't bring my phone with me to sit in the sunshine, but I just went outside to enjoy nature without any distractions. I believe our life, I, I know for me, my life would probably look so different. And, you know, we have to be very careful because, again, social media is not, I'm not here to say it's so bad, it's evil, because I believe there's so much good there. I have been able to use social media for amazing ways to connect with people. But do I get sucked in to the parts of it that maybe aren't so good? And it's not even social media, maybe it's TV for you, or maybe it's magazines, or maybe it's just even in your real life, you have friends that you're allowing to speak into your life more than the Lord. And again, it's not that people shouldn't speak into your life, but are they speaking the right things? Are you feeling like you have to keep up with everybody else? Okay, so back to how I said in the beginning, like in homeschooling in the early, okay, my first year of homeschooling, I had no idea what homeschooling should look like, quote unquote. I had no idea that it was supposed to look like a certain way. I enjoyed that first year immensely. I hung out. I mean, I had a kindergartner, so it was easy. I hung out with my little girl. We did all our little fun stuff. We read the Bible. We were outside playing, baking, doing all the fun things. That next year, I got the internet. Oh, no, I had the internet. But I got like Facebook or whatever, you know. And all of a sudden, I I found there were these blogs out there that talked about homeschooling. And you know what I did that year? I allowed those things to influence me more than God did that very first year. It was just between me and the Lord. That homeschooling thing was just between me and the Lord. Because I didn't really know anybody who homeschooled either. My family was against me. So it wasn't like I had this beautiful ideal in my head of what it should look like. I just knew that the Lord was calling me. And it was beautiful. And that second year, I got into the homeschool online community. And all of a sudden, I don't don't have a homeschool room. I don't do things this way. My schedule doesn't look like that. I don't have all these, you know, things that all these homeschoolers have. By January that year, I looked at the local Christian school because I thought, I have no idea what I'm doing. Back up to the year before, nobody was influencing me. My daughter was doing great and we were happy. A year later, all of the things were influencing me and I'm ready to put her into the school because I have no idea what I'm doing because it doesn't look like everybody else. So that's like an example in homeschooling, but that could be for you for anything, right? And so over the years, I have seen, and that's like I said early on is when I began my Simply Living for Him ministry, Um, because I started to see how out of control things were getting back then it was in the homeschool community, but then I just really started ministering to all women and, you know, Pinterest came along and all of a sudden it wasn't okay just to do like a little craft. You had to do like the Pinterest worthy crafts. It wasn't okay just to, you know, make my family dinner. I had to, you know, make them a certain, you know, perfect recipe. It wasn't okay to have you know cupcakes for my daughter's birthday with rainbow sprinkles no 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 you need a cake that looks like you know a castle and <laughs> all of a sudden everything was so over the top and everybody's trying to outdo everybody and what on earth is going on who are we trying to outdo we are here to serve the lord to honor him. It doesn't honor him when we're competing with each other. It doesn't honor him when we're spending so much time on this Pinterest perfect party. And there's a woman that's asking me if I know anyone who will take her kids. Like I can't go down that road in my brain just yet. So can you pray for her for me right now if you're listening to this? Can you pray for me to have the wisdom to be able to guide her and help her? Please pray pray because this is so difficult. And again, this isn't to guilt or shame anyone. But doesn't it change your perspective? It changes everything. I mean, what would your life look like if no one told you how? It was supposed to look. I remember when I got married, I walked around with a stack of those wedding uh, magazines because back then that was what we had. We didn't have the internet. I, I would die getting married now with all the, you know, stuff. Um, we just had, you know, these magazines and I would, my husband laughs because I had every one and I would walk around with them and read them. And even back then I was simple. I really wanted to keep everything simple. I was always like, it's about the marriage and not the wedding. But I've seen, that was 20 years ago, I've seen, 21 years ago to be exact, I've seen how much, you know, those kinds of things have changed. You know, look at the gender reveal parties, right? It's like, who can get more over the top with it? And again, it's not to say we shouldn't have celebrations that are beautiful and we shouldn't have exciting things. But it just seems to be that we're so influenced that we just go on this like continual trajectory of things just getting bigger and grander and more complicated. And it's taking our eyes off of what really matters most. And again, my, my life would look so different if I really just only listened to God. <laughs> And I just, I mean, I look in my closet right now and I'm not a shopaholic or anything like that. I have like, you know, two pairs of shoes that I wear in the summer, my sandals and my other like flip flops, really like I am not one that's like, so you know, to go shopping and things like that. I like clothes, but I'm certainly not one like that. But I look in my closet the other day. And I'm like, seriously? I have a ton of dresses. I love to wear dresses in summer. I have no reason to go out and buy another one this summer except for the fact that some of my dresses might be a little out of style because styles change every year. Who cares? Who cares if I didn't listen to the influencers? I can be whatever style I want. Right? So I just said to myself recently, you are not buying anything. You will use what you have. You know, but it's that it's that um, uh, human flesh in, in us that we desire more. You know, we're doing our um, online Bible study with our women's community. We're just finishing up the In the Beginning Bible study. And we finished up with, um, we started in Genesis 1 and we ended in Genesis 3 uh, with Eve um, and Adam in the garden. And it's just like Eve, you know. We have everything. Everything we need, and yet we still desire more. Because truly, if you're breathing at this moment, and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you literally have everything you need. Because he will provide all you need. It says that in Matthew 6. You know, seek him first, and everything you need will be given to you. And if you have him, you know, you have everything you need because you'll be with him someday in heaven. And so we have all that we need, yet we are so quick to look around and see all the fancy things screaming at us and calling for our attention. And we say, I want that too. I want my house to look like the, you know, this is what cracks me up. People spend so much money renovating their homes And time, because, you know, it takes a lot of time to pick out the perfect tile and people get stressed over it. And in the grand scheme of things, who cares, right? And I'm not trying to be mean if you're one of those people out there. But seriously, just we have to think this through. Is it worth the time and energy and stress that we put on these things? And why is it so important to you? Why is it so important to have everything be renovated? years ago, like my grandma, if that kitchen was working, you don't touch it and go in and fix it just because it's out of style. And you know what we've learned? Everything that was in style goes out and comes back in again. All the styles of the 80s are right back in Target women's section. All the styles of the kitchens, you know, back decades ago come back again. All the styles of homes, it goes out and it comes back in. And now we just call it vintage, but it's cool now. It's craziness. If it's not broken, why are we fixing it up? Because we're trying to keep up with the latest trend and the latest fad. And because that's what the world says is cool. We don't want to, you know, we want to be like everybody else. Well, I don't anymore. I want to be bold for Jesus. I want to stop thinking that the things of this world are how, you know, my life should look. My life should look like how God tells me it should look. And I believe if I stop, you know, you have to because it's not like I'm one that sits around and I'm like, Oh, I really need to stay with the styles. I'd like I told you come upstairs in our house, we have zero decorations. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm sitting around like I need to keep up with everything. But subconsciously, you feel like you do sometimes, right? You kind of can easily get sucked in. So whether you're like to one extreme or the other, All of us, to some extent, can get sucked in. But I'm telling you, when I hear this or I read this message from this woman who can't take care of her kids, I mean, I am stopped dead in my tracks and I'm like, what on earth? Like, it actually just brought me down because I was just thinking, gosh, there's so many people living like that. And then I look at our culture and there's so many people living like that. You know, it's just such an extreme difference. So I don't know what the answer is and how to reconcile that. But I I am taking that to the Lord and I'm going to do all I can to, you know, minister to this woman. But that question that I posed today, I want to hear from you because I think this is a really important discussion to have. I think the more of us who say no to the things of this world and yes to the things of God, we could change things. God can change anything. We could change our family, who then, you know, in turn changes their families, how they live. And the ripple effect could be huge down from generation to generation. So never think it won't make a difference. You start in your home showing your kids that you are not going to copy the customs of this world. That you are going to be transformed by God. And you Want to be influenced by him more than this world. And see what happens from there. But at the very least, I would just ask you to be more aware. Be more aware of what is influencing your life. Be more aware of who is influencing your life and how you're spending your time. And are you slowly getting pulled sometimes more than you would like to be? And again, I like to have my home look you know, cute and nice and inviting for people to come in. I like to make a nice meal. I like to look nice when I go out or I do a video. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's just remember not to let it go too far. I'm not saying we all have to walk around in a potato sack. We can't have any nice clothes. You know, we can't do our hair. We have no makeup and we live in a shack because, you know, but what I'm saying is, use the talents, the treasure, the time that the Lord has given you and store up your treasure in heaven. Right. It says in Matthew 6, 19 to 21, that we need to store our treasure in heaven. Because what happens to everything on this earth? Moth and rust uh, and thieves break in and steal because everything on this earth will be destroyed. And you know what? I heard that verse differently this week where it said, you know, thieves break in and steal. It also refers um, in the Bible to the enemy like a thief and the enemy comes to steal. And I thought of that verse and I thought of that. Yes, the enemy steals steals from us. When he tells us that things are going to give us satisfaction, the very things that are going to rot and decay, he tells us they're going to bring us satisfaction. No, they're not. The only lasting satisfaction is to know Jesus and to make him known. The enemy comes to lie to us, to cheat, to steal from us. He tells us, yes, you want to look like this world. You want to have the things of this world. But we have to remember what God says. Our treasure is in heaven. Because that can never be taken away from us. Stop right now, whatever you're doing, and look around in your home. Every single thing that you are looking at in your home will not go with you to heaven. Yet we place so much emphasis on our earthly home. You know, it's like my grandma, the one that had the no, no bedroom, you know, for 25 years. It's like my grandma, she always used to say to me about stuff, you can't take it with you. As she was getting older, she would give me things from her house. She gave me her Pyrex bowls. I still have them. They're a treasure. Um, they're vintage now, right? Everything that's old comes back in style. She would give me little like, um, knickknacks from her house and, you know, little platters and dishes and things like that. And she would say, I'm going to give these to you now because someday I won't be here and I- I'm not going to take it with me. And She was right. Grandma took nothing with her to heaven she took none of those things with her why does it take us so long to realize that we spend our lives collecting things you know the first two thirds of our lives collecting things only for the last third of our lives to give it all away I don't want to look back and say wow I had a lot of stuff I want to look back and say, I had a lot of Jesus and I shared him with people. So let me know what you think about that question that I posed to you today. I want to hear from you. Send me a message, comment where you're seeing this. You can always email me at Karen at com. Comment on the Facebook page, on Instagram. Um, I want to hear from you. And we can walk this journey together. Because I think if we all encourage one another in this and say, no, we want to be different. We don't want to be like this world. We could have a lot of uh, good influence. So let's do that. All right. So I want to hear from you. Let me know what you think of this question. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.